0: Do you ever feel like you are just juggling too much as a mom and a photographer, feeling like you are just constantly in this state of overwhelm, rushing from one thing to the next to the next, and just literally feeling like there is just not enough time to get all the things that you want to get done in a day? If so, you're not alone in this feeling. I coach so many mom photographers who feel this same never-ending feeling of anxiety and overwhelm and just feeling behind. But today, I am so excited to share with you an interview that I did over on my friend Elizabeth McCravey's podcast. So she had me on her Breakthrough Brand podcast, and I thought it would be fun for me to reshare this conversation with you. I think it is perfect timing having kiddos home for the summer, or if that's just your everyday life and you just have young kiddos with you all the time, this episode's gonna be really helpful for you as well. I'm going to walk you through four keys to maintaining your sanity as a business owner, and as a mom. We're gonna talk about so many different things today in our conversation. Things such as self-care, practical self-care, setting boundaries with your kids so that you can actually take care of yourself, why working in small pockets of time probably isn't working for you, and what to do instead. I'm going to share with you how we can be more present and on our phones less. I'm going to share with you how I'm currently using social media in my business, and what our children really need the most from us as their mamas, and then how to focus on what truly moves the needle forward in your business. I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation, so let's get right to it. Hi, Mama. Welcome back to the Purpose Gathering Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Freehan, and I'm here for all you mom photographers out there feeling overwhelmed trying to raise a thriving family and build a profitable business you love. I'm a business and motherhood coach, brand photographer, podcaster, wife, and homeschooling mama saved by grace. So I can totally relate to the never ending to do lists
1: All right, guys, I'm here with fellow mama, fellow photographer and fellow educator, Ashley Freehand. And I'm so excited to learn from you today because I love your podcast. And you're like a while ahead of me in motherhood, but like still not too far ahead. We're like, I feel like I'm just looking at your season. I'm like, okay, hey, I'll be there soon. I want to learn from her. And we were just joking. You just said we are the dream team because we are two sick girls right now. <laughs> um, we have our tissues, our water and cough drops and all the things. But so that sounds really croaky. That's why, but we're making it happen. Um, so anyway, Ashley, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. I'm excited
0: to be here too. I also am a longtime listener of your podcast and love it. And it's just so fun to be able to chat with a fellow podcaster who gets it. So I'm so excited about this.
1: Yes. So, okay, tell everyone listening um, who you are, uh, where you live, and what you do in your business.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, my name is Ashley Freehand. As you guys have already heard, and I live in Arizona. Um, with my two kiddos that I homeschool. So they are eight and 11. And I've been married also to my high school sweetheart. I know that Elizabeth and I share that in common. Um, We started dating when I was 16, got married real young when we were 20. And we've been married now for over 15 years. So it feels like, you know, a crazy wild ride, but I have been an entrepreneur the whole time that I have been a mom. So I actually started my business right before I had my daughter. So I am a brand photographer. I am a coach and educator for fellow mom photographers. And I also have an in person community and a podcast all around just motherhood business and making them both happen at the same time without losing your mind. So that's that's my goal and mission in life is to really help moms feel like they can do both motherhood and business well at the same time.
1: That's so cool that you've had your business, like doing the business thing the whole time you've had your kids. Um, that isn't true for me, but I have realized like it's so different doing business with and without kids in it. So it's like, it's cool that you have that perspective of that being your situation the whole time. Okay, tell, I would love to know, and I've, I know a little bit about this from listening to your podcast, but like, what would you say a day is like for you? And I know every day is different. So maybe even looking at like a week, like when you think about your working life, because you don't work full-time hours and you are also a homeschooling mom and you run this business that has all these different like pieces of it. So like, what is like your work situation like? What is childcare like? How are you making it all work? Yes, absolutely. So I only work about
0: 12 to 15 hours a week. And so I have to be very strategic about how I spend that time. And it's actually been really a blessing for me to get rid of all the fluff and all the extras and all the time wasters. It's been hard to figure out what those are. And I'm still learning every single day. But Each week um, looks the same, actually, my days kind of change. So I'm a huge proponent in having an ideal week, which is, you know, something that you set up in advance, where you set aside like your time blocks for things that are absolutely set in stone, right? The things that have a time that you have to be at. And I love obviously putting my personal stuff in first and my business really fits around my personal life and my homeschooling journey with my kiddos. And so on Mondays, I actually have childcare in the afternoon for just three hours and my mom watches my kids. Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays are kind of like hit or miss as far as if I get a work block in or not. So I don't count on that. However, we do have a uh, membership. I call it a gym membership. It's not a gym membership, but a membership to a trampoline park. It's like a gym membership for my kids. And I get to sit in the like food court and, and they go jump. And it's two hours. It's so awesome, although it's so noisy. <laughs> so this time block is like not a time block that I can count on to really get a lot of focused work done. It's a lot of more like admin kind of busy work stuff that I can just do when they pop in and out. And then I do have childcare on Fridays when my kids go to an enrichment program for homeschooled kiddos. So it's a whole day. It's basically from 8.15 to 3.10. So it feels like a full school day. And so that is really when I get the bulk of my work done. And then I do have a work block on the weekend when my husband's home, either two to four hours. So my time is so limited. And then our homeschooling is on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. So that's a little peek into our schedule.
1: Okay. And I have two follow-up questions for you with that. One, how are you managing your calendar with all that? Like, is, are you like a digital calendar person? How, like, does your husband have the calendar too? Cause there's like a lot of moving parts there.
0: Yes. Okay. So for my work, I use Asana. So that's where I assign all of my tasks. I literally don't know how I lived without it. I used Trello before, but I felt, I feel like Trello was really hard um for me to see all of my tasks in one place, and it was so pretty that I got really like caught up with like making it pretty, instead of just like getting stuff done. And with Asana, I just go straight into Asana, I know what tasks I have that day, and I can knock those out. Um, As far as like my husband, um, we share a calendar on cozy calendar. And so that's how we manage like places that we have to be right. And when, when I have um, shoots and stuff, which a lot of my shoots are in the mornings and um, the days for my brand photography, not really on the weekends anymore. So that doesn't really matter to my husband. So I will put that on our shared calendar too. But it doesn't really have, you know, anything to do with him. But um, on the weekends, then he knows like when my work blocks are going to be I just have a standing appointment. I call it my CEO date standing appointment every single week. So he knows that I have um, work scheduled during that time.
1: Okay, that's cool. I'll check out I've heard of cozy, but I need to I'll link to that in the show notes for everyone listening. Also, I want to ask you with so like, basically your primary days are like from what it sounds like are Monday, Friday, and then the weekend, which is not when necessarily other people are working, right? Like Friday is actually often a day people are taking off. Obviously the weekend is a time people are taking off. How do you feel like that works for you when you're doing things like podcast interviews or even just like communicating with clients and people in your like programs and Facebook group and things like that? It being like you're working a different schedule than some people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So my Wednesdays, I kind of forgot to talk about them, are a little bit of like a flex day. So with my group coaching program, we do our coaching calls on Wednesday mornings and then um on the off Wednesdays that I'm not doing coaching calls, those are just kind of like a flex day for our homeschool. So I call them like our adventure day or a field trip day, like when we want to go out and do something we can. But obviously, what's really cool about being a homeschooler and an entrepreneur is that I can change our schedule at any time if I want to. So this ideal week that I have, it's in place for the majority, right? But also I can change it if I see fit, where I can kind of move things around. Um, That elevate time block is a great time block, not for podcasting, but also just kind of like, it kind of floats in our schedule. So it's like, okay, I plan my week ahead. And I know my core work blocks. But then I can say, okay, well, we're going to go to elevate on this day at this time. That way, I know I have some extra time. And then I also do have my mother in law that is retired as well. And so she will take care of my kids for me as well. So sometimes like once a month, I have actually been taking my kids over to her house on a Wednesday and just batch recording my own episodes for my podcast. So I get them all done in one day for the whole next month. So that's been really helpful too. But again, that's not something that I have like set in stone. That's more of just like a flex day based on when I need it.
1: Yeah. I love the ideal week concept. I, so with that, I want to get into like the main tips we're going to share. I wanted to ask you too, with your ideal week, how frequently would you say you're changing that? Because obviously, and I'd even love to know, like you know, your kids are a bit older now than like my son, who's a toddler. Like yeah. how has all this changed from when you were a newborn mom or a toddler mom to now being a mom to like, Preteen, preteen age, I yes. guess, like elementary preteen age. Oh,
0: yes. So good.
1: So it has changed
0: a lot. I have learned a lot. Like, I so wish I would have known this concept when I was raising my little ones. But I would say beforehand, my schedule was really limited. It was like pockets of time, you know, when my kids would take a nap. If I had like a friend that could come over and like swap babysitting with me. It was more haphazard, if I'm being honest, like it was kind of just like, I prioritized my motherhood and I just didn't prioritize my business at all. So like for advice for people who have young ones, I would absolutely still do the ideal week. And I wouldn't count on nap times, like nap times would be a bonus, but I would find other ways to get that protected childcare time. Because something that I see a lot of educators teaching is they are kind of glorifying the working in the cracks like, oh, we're just moms, we work in the pockets of time. And it's like, but honestly, it doesn't work that way. And you're always going to be feeling overwhelmed. I remember that feeling. I remember just being resentful towards my kids because I was like, I have to work. Like, you don't understand. And it wasn't from a need of like desperation. I needed the money. It was more like, I need an escape outside of motherhood. Like, I need something that's just for me. I want to feel like I'm fulfilling, you know, something like I have a purpose outside of just you know cleaning up noses and changing diapers and like i just felt stuck but i want to like encourage all these mamas that are listening or anyone listening who wants to be a mom and encourage you that it is so important that you have protected time so that you can be a mom when you're in mom mode and be a business owner when you're in business mode because separation is going to be what really helps, I feel like, decrease overwhelm and also increase your efficiency in both areas. So I would say it's changed a lot. It went from chaos and just, you know, oh, I have a few minutes. Okay, quick, let me do something. But there was no plan. There was no intention. It was more reactive and definitely not what I recommend.
1: Yeah. Okay. I love that. And I feel like I can relate to that when I, it, it, to what you are just saying, when I think about, especially after my maternity leave, but then in the, f- like, basically like six to 12 month age when we did not have really any childcare help and I was working mainly in the pockets of time or when my husband was taking care of Colin, mm-hmm. um, but his schedule was more set in stone because he works more traditional Type of work. So I love what you said though of like nap times being a bonus because it is hard when you're with your kids all day and then maybe you're getting like one nap or two naps, depending on how old they are. And then maybe it's going to be 45 minutes. Maybe it'll be an hour and a half. Like who knows? If that's like all, if, if you're going to have to work that whole time, that can be really overwhelming if that's your everyday experience. So it's nice to like almost say like, hey, nap time is going to be like for you to rest and do something else you want to do and then work time or or if you want to work during it, but then work time has like the set time for it. Mm -hmm, Um, Exactly. I love that. Okay. So let's get into like the tips you have. So I know that like, and I know again, I'm experiencing this, like I'm in the early days of all this, but like balancing Family life and also growing your business is really challenging. And I've said it on my podcast many times, but like I think for me adding a baby to my business, like becoming a mom was harder than I thought it was going to be. And I think a lot of that was that we don't do like 40 hour a week childcare, So it is a little bit more like, okay, I'm, I'm actually like, some days I look like a stay at home mom more than a business owner because I'm doing both um, pretty intensely and there's a lot of ups and downs to that. And so I'd love to go through the strategies you have for like maintaining our sanity as moms and business owners. And um, I know the first one has to do with our self-care. So let's talk Mm -hmm. about that. Yes,
0: absolutely. And I know that like a lot of people don't want to hear this because they know that they need to work on it, right? Like I ask moms so often, like, what do you do to take care of yourself? And they're like, what? Like their eyes glaze over and they're like, I eat. (laughs) Like, that's what I do to take care of myself. And I'm like, if you do not prioritize your self-care. No one else will. And I hit like a really low point in my life probably like four or five years ago. And I just remember crying in my closet, asking myself that question, like, who is going to take care of me? Like I need, I have needs, right? Like there are things that I want For my life, and like, I don't want this life. Like, I don't want to stay at home. Like, I got to this point where I was just like, I felt stuck almost. Like, I had to stay at home because someone had to take care of the kids, right? But I also, like, just got to a point where I was like, I don't, I don't want to only be like a mom. That's not what I want. And I just felt so stuck. And so I just felt like God speak to me in that moment that he was like, You have to take care of you, right? Like, I will sustain, I will support you, I will be there, but like, you have to make movements. You have to take steps to take care of yourself. You have to advocate for that. And I was like, oh, (laughs) like, I don't know why I forgot that, right? Like, before you have kids, of course you take care of yourself because it's only you, maybe a spouse. But when you have kids, it just feels like their needs take over. And so, I finally was like, okay, what does it look like to prioritize my self-care? And self-care beyond like going to get your nails done and getting a massage or things like that, like those are bonus things, but those are not the things that are going to sustain. And so creating a self-care routine for you that fills you up before the day starts, or maybe your self-care routine does look like nap time, or maybe it's at night, whenever you have that time you have to protect it it's not something that you're ever going to have left over so protecting your self-care time mine is in the morning i was actually just talking to a fellow mom photographer about this i have a wake up boundary with my kids they wake up if they wake up at 6am like they're not allowed to come bug me till 7:30 and of course they're older And you think, like, oh, that's probably really easy for them. It's not. It's really not. It doesn't matter what age your kiddos are. It's not easy for your kids to entertain themselves unless they've been trained to entertain themselves. And so, from a very young age, my kids have known that, right? Of course, the boundary has looked different. Maybe, you know, when you have a younger toddler, they're going to need you more. But you have to set that expectation and let your children know that they are important. Yes, but so are you. And you are important because if you're not functioning properly, of course, you can't be the mom you want to be. You can't be the spouse and the wife you want to be. You can't be the friend. You can't be the business owner. It has a huge domino effect. And a lot of moms are running on caffeine (laughs) and a prayer, and they're just hoping they can get through the day to survive. And that's not what I want for you guys. I want you to thrive in your motherhood. And it starts with taking care of yourself.
1: Yes, I love that. And I'm glad you shared about the morning boundary thing, because I heard that on your podcast. And I literally told my husband, like, Ashley said this about like, the morning boundary thing, like, we need to try starting to do that sort of thing. Because you're right that it is like, and I think too, as like, a lot of times as business owners, even like we bring that energy into motherhood of how we want to please people. We want to help people. And you can like self-sacrifice of like, you don't get anything because it's all like, my kid needs this. My child wants this. They, they're crying about this. I got to do this. And that's something I've had to like kind of fight against him, motherhood a few times of like, you know, he really wants to nurse right now, but like, I'm trying to eat and I, like, I need to eat this meal and I want to eat in peace. And like, we just nursed 30 minutes ago. And so I'm going right. to say no right now. Yeah. To so you quest. know he doesn't need it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. With that, though, I want to ask you, like, you know, you said your self care time is mainly in the morning, and that you know things like getting a manicure and massages are extra. Like, what are some ways that you see moms maybe like neglecting their self care specifically? And like, what is like, what does that mean to you? When you say like, let's make self care priority. Like, what is self care for you? And I know it's going to be different for every person of like what they end up you know, gravitating yeah. towards. Absolutely. So I think the basics of
0: self-care are going to be what you need, right? So it could be like, I just need 15 minutes in the morning of quiet so I can drink my coffee. I need 30 minutes where I can read every day because reading is really important to me. I want to study my Bible. I want to do a workout. I want to not have to cook dinner every night, right? So like, Those things, whatever the things are that you notice. And sometimes you don't really know you need that until, like, in the middle, right? So you're like making dinner and you're frustrated and you're like, why do I always have to make dinner? Like, why is this falling on my shoulders? So maybe a self care boundary for you is going to be like, I'm not going to just be in charge of dinner all by myself anymore, right? How can I um, include my kids in the process? Like my kids are eight and 11, but like they've always helped us make the meal plan. And I've told my husband so many times, like making the meal plan for the whole family is stressful because everybody likes something different and I need everyone's input. And this needs to be a family thing, not just falling on my shoulders. So self-care is really anything that you need that's not being met that's self-care. And it's something again, too, that I think I've I've said this a lot on my podcast, but self-care is not selfish, right? I think a lot of people think like they get really guilt, they feel this guilt, like, I just want to go out with my friends. And I want my, you know, my spouse to watch the kids. I feel so guilty. And I'm like, why? Why do you feel guilty? Like, you should be able to go out. Not every night, of course, that would be selfish, right? Leaving your spouse to take care of the kids every night. But there's a balance to it. And I think also partnering with your, your spouse and saying like, what do you need, right? Because his needs are going to be different than your needs. And how can you work together? Um, my kids know that self-care is really important because I use that word a lot. They even have their own self-care time, which is we call it quiet time, but it took the place of their nap. They have always had a nap time, even when they stopped napping. And it's just time where they can just spend by themselves in quiet doing what they want to do. Self-care time is what we call it. So using that word, I think is really helpful.
1: Yes. I feel like a lot of what you're saying too is like, we can be reactive as mothers. And then you realize, Hey, this isn't working because you've just been like doing all the things. And so instead of being in more control of like, like you were saying, realizing like, Hey, maybe I don't want to cook dinner every night. Maybe I don't want to always like feel like I can't go out with friends or whatever it is. So right. yes, I love that. And I love the practicalness of that. Um, okay. So first one is prioritizing our own self-care. What's a second, um, strategy for maintaining our sanity as moms. Yes, absolutely.
0: I love this one because it kind of like surprises people. So this next one is to give your kids what they need first. And people might just be like, okay, you just told us to like take care of ourselves. And now you're telling us to give our kids what they need. Here's what I mean by this. Kids need a few basic things outside of like, you know, food, right? Shelter. Um, They need attention. They need control. And they need present parents. Okay, those are the three things that your kids need. Now, the one thing that you guys will notice, and this will totally speak to you and relate to you is when your kiddos are kind of annoying you, like you feel that agitation almost where you're like, oh, just leave me alone, right? Or they're like tapping you on the shoulder. They're like, mommy, mommy, watch me, watch me, look, look, mom. When when you feel that sense of like annoyance, that's when you know your kids need attention. Okay? Attention is huge. Kids will look for attention even if it's negative. So if your kid's throwing a fit, if they're throwing something across the room, if they are doing anything that's just annoying behavior, you know that they're just seeking attention. Now, the way you know if they are in need of more control is if they are defying you, right? And if you're starting to feel really angry and you're mad at your kids, that's when they need more control. And so this is really apparent right out of the womb, right? Like when your kiddos are born, like you can tell when they're upset, right? But as they get a little bit older and you're probably starting to notice this Elizabeth as your little one is getting into the the two-year-old stage, which I like to call terrific twos, but it is really hard, right? A lot of people say terrible twos, but I really think it is a pivotal moment when your kiddo starts to realize that like they have autonomy, they have a say in what happens and they can defy and and it gets a huge reaction. And so, I think it's really important that we start to recognize that. And hopefully you guys will start to see that when you're like, "Oh, they just need attention," or "Oh, they're really needing some control." And so, giving your kids the positive attention they need up front at the beginning of the day as early in the day as you can is going to be a game changer in their attitude and in their willingness to comply. So that's a huge one too. But when you notice that your kids are being defiant, it's that they need more of that control. So you'll hear experts all the time be like, give your kids choices, right? Like, why do kids care about the red plate versus the blue plate? Like, why is that always a battle? it's because they want to choose, right? And they are feeling like every decision is made for them as a child. And so they need more control in their lives. And so being able to step into that and giving them that positive control is really important. And you'll notice like when your kiddos are starting to push boundaries, I have a lot of episodes on my podcast about parenting, um, specifically where I can go more in depth, um, Because this podcast obviously is not about that, but I just get so passionate about sharing about that. So if you are giving them that upfront, your kids are just going to be way more likely to follow your directions and listen.
1: Yeah. So what were the things you said? Attention control. What was the other one you said? And present
0: parents. Present parents. Present. Like you, I forgot to like go deeper on that one, but basically that like you are available and that you're not always shooing your kids away that you're inviting them to be a part of what you're doing like my daughter the other day in the car we were talking about how I'm launching this brand new um coaching program that I have coming up and I was talking to her about like my masterclass ideas and like she wanted to help brainstorm with me because she wanted to help me i just hosted an in person meeting last night and she was like mom how did your meeting go how how did everyone like your your talk like invite your kiddos along to be present with you on the journey because it just makes life so much more enjoyable. Your kids just want to be a part of what you're doing. And I know it's easier to just shoo them away and say, oh, you know, you wouldn't understand or, you know, it's too grown up for you. But honestly, our kids can learn so much from us if we're just willing to be present, put our phones down, shut our laptops when they're talking to us, and just get on their level, look them in the eye and give them the time of day. That is huge for our kiddos.
1: All right, mama friends, let's talk websites and a new template I just released. So, your time matters more than ever, and you might be under the impression that building a website and redesigning your website starting over has to one, take forever, two, be really expensive, and three, cause you a lot of headache that you just don't have the time or energy for. It can be that way, and maybe that's been your experience with websites in the past, but it does not have to be that way. My Elizabeth McCravey shop templates give you a completely custom feeling website at the template price tag. And they're really quick and easy to set up. Yes, it can be easy. Most of my customers get their site live in less than two months while also running their business and just working on their new website in their spare time. And I have tons of customers who are bringing their new website live in less than two weeks when they're putting focused attention there. Additionally, you get support from my team and a course I made just for you on how to set up your website start to finish. And this week, y'all, there is a new template joining my template shop. I'm so thrilled about this template. It's called the Carrie Template. So go to elizabethmccravey.com slash Carrie to see that one. This template is sleek, classic, and bold. And if you've loved my design style, but maybe you've wished for something with a darker color palette, the Carrie Template is for you. She's sophisticated. She's ultra professional and built with the pages you need as you grow your business, including a team page and some other really cool ones. So head to the show notes for this episode for a special discount for podcast listeners on my templates, and then go to com to shop. Now, back to the interview with Ashley. Yes, I love to uh, thinking about talking to your kid about like what you're working on. that's so. I talked to Colin about what I'm working on, but he's obviously not like giving me feedback on <laughs> what, what to do with that business oh, it's situation. So fun.
0: My yeah, kids help me like fine. pack my gifts for like my summit that I'm doing. I always do my speakers. I send them a gift and they always help me pack the boxes and tape the labels on. Like they think it's so fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're right that kids, regardless of age, but I see this even like you know, with, and a year and a half year old that like, he does want to be involved in what I'm doing. And there are ways like lately we've let Colin help us unload the dishwasher. And it's like, yes, he's holding a fragile plate. Like as long as we're like close by and we put, we put the knives away first, like before we let him help. But it's like they, he loves being involved in that. So, um, yeah, I love that though. Giving your kids what they need first. Okay. Let's talk about, um, the third thing. Yes. Okay, so number three is one of
0: my favorites, too. And that's just getting really organized. So I mentioned earlier that I only work 15 hours a week, and I have to be organized. And that's just something that doesn't come naturally to a lot of creative people, and myself included. I did not used to be organized. I used to be very overwhelmed with all the things I had to do. I used to just fly by the seat of my pants. I wanted, you know, a quote unquote, like spontaneousness to my day. Like I didn't want to plan out everything. But what I realized was living in that chaotic state was not good for my stress level. Also was not good for my productivity level because I was just always frazzled. That's honestly how I felt. Like I didn't know what I needed to work on. So getting organized is so important. Knowing the specific things that you need to work on Also making sure that you have a plan of when that's getting done. So that was a problem that I had too, is like I had this huge never-ending to-do list, but I had no plan for how I was going to execute all of it. I had no strategy behind how I was going to prioritize those things. So it's really important if you want to be a mom and a business owner to be organized, even though it might not come naturally to you.
1: Yes. I love that. And it's so true that like, I feel like I'm a pretty organized person, but then having a child made me have to be like more organized because it like requires a different level of like planning when you do have less time to work Um, with being more organized and how like you've had to prioritize things working less hours what are some things you would say that maybe you've cut from your business or you would like say that listeners might, would be like, okay, you know, say someone listening is like, I have, you know, eight hours a week, like less than you even like to work. What are things they should consider cutting or like maybe things that they're doing that or that you've experienced doing that aren't really moving the needle forward possibly yeah. how to evaluate that? Absolutely. So I think the
0: very first one that everyone can work on is social media consumption and social media creation. Um, that honestly took so much of my time. I spent so much time thinking about what I was gonna post and creating content for that and like just over like an overwhelming amount of time feeling like I needed to be on the platform all the time. So that would be the first thing is I would really check your social media consumption, how much you're consuming it, but also how much you how much time you're spending being on it for your own business. And then I think a big thing that took a lot of my time too and this is more specific to photographers who are listening but would be the the post production of editing. Like that just took me so long and I think I was so fixated on it had to be perfect. And that's something I think that can just resonate with everyone listening is like that perfectionism of like, Mm. oh, it's not done yet. Like I need to go do it again, like three more times because it's not perfect. And that just took too much time. And now I'm like, I don't have time. So like perfect is not an option. Perfect is not even available to anyone. So I don't know why I was always striving for it. But being okay with B work, right? Is like, You've heard that before, but it's something that I really truly had to just be like, okay, I'm okay because it's done and I can perfect it more later. I can polish it later. At least it's done. So I think that that was really helpful for me too, is letting go of that perfectionism and just saying, okay, done is better than
1: perfect. Yeah. And that's the thing for so many of us, like when we say like doing B work, that can feel scary, but your B work is probably a work when you're like obsessing over it being so perfect. And that's what you think a work is. So find comfort in what Ashley's saying that like you can do B work and it still be absolutely amazing for your clients and customers. Um, With the phone and social media aspect of things, I'm curious, especially now with older kids, but even with younger kids, if you can think back to then, and that many years ago, social media was also a lot different, but like, how do you not be on your phone when you're working too much? Like just scrolling Instagram, like we're saying, or when you're hanging out with your kids and you're like, Hey, I'm trying to have intentional time for you now. It's like, they can be very well, like mom's on her phone. I want to be on my phone, maybe, you know, or whatever. Like there's different situations there. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so hard. And it's something that I have been struggling with for a while. And I think you guys can probably all relate to this, but I feel like Instagram has this like weird power over me where like I open my phone and my my hand just gravitates to no matter where I put it, it my finger finds it. And I'm like, "Why am I on Instagram?" It's weird. And I actually just heard someone else talk about this on the podcast and as she was talking, I was like, "Yes, It literally has this like weird pull on you. And I don't know what it is, but it is just any time that I find myself grabbing for my phone, it was like I was going to Instagram and I was scrolling on Instagram, comparing myself to every other photographer out there. This is something when I was, um, I still struggle with this, but I think it was worse when my kids were little, is that I would look at all these other photographers, all these other business owners who were so successful, and I would compare myself to them. And then it took me a long time to figure out like a lot of those photographers that I was comparing myself to, they didn't have kids, right? (laughs) They didn't have this really important piece to their life that changes everything. And like you said, you don't know how much your life changes until you become a mom. And so I think like, the the biggest thing that I did that has helped me was delete the Instagram app. I just actually did an experiment and I deleted it for four weeks and I didn't have it. And it was actually really glorious. (laughs) Like, I loved it. I loved not having the pressure of getting on. I still feel this pressure of like, you have to be there. You're a business owner. You you have to be there. So I still have that pressure. But I really do feel like God is working in my heart to, that I need to let go of that. So I'm I'm back on Instagram for a while. I'm, I've got my summit coming up that um, we can talk about more. But it, I feel like I should be on there right now because... I have all these speakers that are counting on me to promote the summit. And so it's, I really honestly just feel like it's this app that is controlling a lot of us. And so deleting it has been honestly amazing, but boundaries I think are really important. So one thing that I did to help just limit my own consumption was I started charging my phone in another room at night. So I wasn't going to bed on my phone and I also wasn't waking up on my phone. And so that has been a huge game changer for me. Like I've seen my screen time decrease just because of that. I also try to just put my phone down in our charging drawer when my kids are home. Otherwise, I am really, really like just tempted to just grab my phone for no reason. Like you can see on your phone how many times you pick up your phone and it's just insane. So keeping it out of sight and just having those boundaries, I feel like has been what's helped me
1: stay off of it. Yeah, I'm glad I asked you that because that really isn't you had insightful answers there. And when you were off of social media for those four weeks, were you literally not posting from anywhere? Or were you just not using it on your phone?
0: So I was, I'm trying to kind of use Facebook more, honestly, because I feel like Instagram, people are going on Instagram to be entertained. And I feel like their attention span is just so short on Instagram. And I'm noticing that a lot, I would say probably like 90% of my conversions are coming from Facebook. And so I kind of was like, I kind of want to stop using Instagram and more focus on like my Facebook community focus on, you know, being in more like local Facebook groups and like really cultivating more local relationships versus, you know, being on Instagram where I'm just competing with a lot of noise. So, that was kind of the experiment is like be on Facebook but not Instagram. So I got on Instagram only to check messages like on the desktop site and then I every week that I have a new podcast episode, I would at least, you know, upload So it's on my feed of my most recent episode.
1: I like that balance and how you, yeah, explaining that. And yeah, I can see that about Facebook. Um, Yeah, I still love Facebook and I also love Facebook groups and all that. So I'm with you on like, I think Facebook's great. Okay. I love that though. And I love the thought of like, you know, you're off Instagram for those four weeks, but it was not like I'm telling everyone I'm deleting Instagram forever and you're never going to see me again, but still showing up in some ways to continue promoting your business. I mean, I'd love to be kept in the loop of what you end up deciding about like doing Instagram for your business. Okay, yeah. What is the fourth strategy for maintaining our sanity as moms and business owners? Yes, absolutely. This
0: one's really important too. It's to be realistic because I can't tell you what my capacity used to be like before having kids, but man, it was greater. I had so much more energy. I got so much more done. Obviously, there were less distractions and I was so much more productive. However, having kids, I really do think has helped me be more efficient because there's a huge difference between being productive and being efficient. And productive is basically just meaning you're getting a lot of stuff done, but efficient means you're getting a lot of the right stuff done. And so that is what I think is more important, especially as moms. So I have become way more efficient since having kids. I have had, you know, I have to be more clear on my priorities because I don't have a bunch of time to waste. But I want you to be really realistic with yourself about your capacity and what you can handle, because what you can handle now is very different than what you used to be able to handle. And for you, Elizabeth, what you can handle now with an 18 month old is going to be very different than what you can handle when your child is eight right? And when like, so you just, you have to take into consideration your season and how much time you actually have to devote to certain things and giving yourself grace to know that it's okay, that you can't do everything right now. Doesn't mean you're not going to be able to get to it in the future. Doesn't mean it's not a possibility tomorrow. Just means you need to be really realistic about what you can get done and how much you can do. I also think this is really super important when you're even just talking about Like a time block. Like, I used to sit down and like time block my schedule and be like, okay, I'm going to batch all my tasks in this time block. And then I would look at the tasks and I'd be like, there's absolutely no way I can get six things done in three hours. Why did I think that was possible? (laughs) So, being really realistic helps to know. And I think just a really quick practical strategy of how you can be realistic is to actually track your time. How long is it taking you? to write your social media captions? How long is it taking you to create that blog post? How long is it taking you to edit that session? And then you can be realistic when you sit down to, to block that out. Oh, I have this session I need to edit. I have this thing I need to do. Normally, it takes me about two hours. So now I'm going to be realistic about the amount of time it will take me to get it done.
1: I love that because it is when we are doing work we really love and we get in the zone with it. We, we Like you're saying, you might be like, oh, I'm going to get all six of these tasks done. But then once you really get rolling, I, especially as creatives, I know for me, like when I'm designing something, it's like I could say I'm only going to work on an hour, but then I'm like, here's three hours. I'm like, I can keep going because it's so funny yes. you get in the zone. So yeah, tracking your time is huge. What do you use for tracking your time? I use Toggle. Yeah, okay, I use Toggle as well. And it's That's cool so too because I'm sure Asana has this as well. ClickUp has a way to track time in it where it's like you can track it on the task, which is really cool. So that's another
0: um, I think Toggle does have an
1: integration with Asana
0: that I haven't tried yet, but my friend told me about that. She's like, you should use that.
1: Yeah, I love that. Yes, I love the being realistic and knowing like our seasons change with what our capacity is going to be. Okay, a question I have for you too. They kind of, it really relates back to all those tips, but this is one I literally wrote down and like double starred when you were talking through one of those a moment ago. But how do you wrestle with, and this is something I struggle with as a mom right now, and I'm sure listeners do as well. But sometimes like when, when we are feeling like, hey, we don't have that much time to work and we're kind of stretched thin maybe between a lot of different things. How do you wrestle with like not feeling like all of your free time needs to go to your work? So the time when you're not with your kids feeling like, Okay, I need, I should be working right now versus doing something like going to the gym, reading a book, watching Netflix. You know, how do yeah. you do that well as a mom? I think it comes back to that
0: ideal week again because yeah. in your ideal week, there should be margin, there should be time for your self care, there should be time for all those fundamental needs, right? And your work should only fit into those containers that you have set aside for work. And if your work is exceeding the amount of time you have to give to it, then you need to pare down your work. That's my thought process is like creating this ideal week has really given me the freedom to be like, okay, this is my time to do household things, not to work. This is my time that I'm going to go out with my friends, not to work. And like I have that scheduled in there because I know that's what I need. And so I just have to be really diligent about the fact that I have those time blocks for a reason for my work. And again, I can only fit what I can fit in those time blocks. So what I would also recommend is to just regularly regularly assess. So if you're seeing that you are adding a lot of tasks and a lot of tasks are getting bumped, then you need to go assess and say, What do I need to change? Because clearly I can't have 18 tasks due today. That's not realistic. That's not going to happen. So, What do I need to do? What do I need to delegate? What do I need to let go of? What perfectionism do I need to release? Because a lot of this I feel like is pressure we put on ourselves that no one else is putting on us, right? Like I always want to over deliver and give my clients their galleries way far in advance, but that's pressure I'm putting on myself. That's not something that they're expecting of me. So I think it's just regularly checking in with your to do list and making sure that it's reasonable and Realistic and not out of control.
1: Yeah. I love that. And I love how you're, I mean, the, the thing I'm hearing for myself in that even is like just creating a lot of structure to where you're not letting work slip in, but you're like defining ahead of time that, like, I'm doing this other thing right now. And so this thing has its place here. Work has its place here. It is. it really is just so different once you have kids with that. Because I am like, I I can feel like time scarcity sometimes, even when it doesn't exist, just because I'm like, oh my God, nap time started. Now what am I going to do? You know, because you're trying to like manage it all well. Um, And for me, sometimes when I'm feeling that way, the best thing I can do is like nothing. Like just Mm -hmm. be like, I'm going to let myself be like not productive right now, even Mm -hmm. around the house. I'm just going to like sit here and give myself some time to just do nothing. And that's been helpful for me. Um, Yeah. I love that though. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So another question I have for you to kind of, to close this out really before we get into rapid fire questions, but for a mom listening, who is feeling like I'm really burnt out right now. I feel like I can't do the business and mom thing. I'm not doing well. I'm juggling too much. What would you say to her?
0: Mm. Well, first of all, you're not alone. <laughs> we all feel like that. Every mom that has a business, if they tell you that they don't feel like the work-life balance is impossible some days, they're lying.
1: <laughs> like, Thanks it for really, saying that uh, I feel that too.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so hard. Like some days I'm crying and I'm like, why am I doing this? And the next day I'm like, this is amazing. Like it's just a roller coaster ride and you have to have people on your side that get what you're going through. Because that's actually why I started my in-person community was because I was like, I just need to know that there are other moms that are ambitious, that are killing it in business, and that also like struggle. Like I need to know that I'm not alone. So that's why I started that community. But I think there is beauty and hope in knowing that you're not alone and that it's not easy. Like it's not for the faint of heart to do both. It's, it's hard work, but it's worth it. And it's all about, as we mentioned, that prioritizing that self-care and giving your kids what they need and being organized enough that you're getting the most important things done first. And then you're putting your business in. It's all about that prioritization, that organization, and then being realistic. Like I just, I think these are the keys. This is what I have found over my almost 12 years of being a mom and a business owner is that when you get these priorities straight, everything else falls into place.
1: Yeah, I love that. It's such a good, that spoke to me. Such a good thing to end on there. Um I love this. Okay. So Ashley, I have a few, three rapid fire questions for you. And I want you to tell everyone where they can find you and about your summit and all of that. Um, okay. First question, what's a purchase that is a hundred dollars or less that has positively impacted your life in the last six months. So it can be business related or personal mom related, whatever.
0: Mm, So good. Okay. I wrote two things down and one of them, like, is a little more of a splurge than a hundred, but it's 113. So I was like, oh, yeah, maybe perfect. this counts, yeah. but it's a portable laptop charger and it's so good. Like, I. Love it so much. And I use this obviously because I work on the go, right? And so sometimes I'm at a Starbucks and I can't reach the plug or maybe the plug is even broken. I've had that happen to me before. So I pull out my portable laptop charger. I can go work at the park while my kids are playing and I can have my laptop charger. It's just been a game changer. Then if you want like a really affordable something, I would recommend a Time Cube. So I have one from Amazon, they're like 18 bucks, helps me be productive, because not only does it have um, a clock that helps keep you on time, it also has a timer. So you can just quickly flip the timer, and it will start a, I think it's 5, 10, 15, or 30 minute timer. So it's super nice to
1: keep you on track. Love that. I'm going to get those links from you, and then we'll put them yeah. in the show notes for people. Totally. Okay, what is a bad recommendation that you hear in motherhood, in motherhood space or motherhood business together, that you would say to a newer mom listening that, hey, like you should probably ignore that advice. Yes.
0: So I already shared it, but I'll share it again. But this bad recommendation that I hear is that moms should just work in the pockets of time, like anywhere and everywhere. So I think it's really important that you identify your work blocks first. And For all the moms out there listening that have little kids that are like, but that's the only time I have, like, I want you to really ask yourself, is that the only time you could create, right? That might be the only time you have now, but like, what time can you create? How can you get creative with your childcare? Because I had to do the same thing. My daughter actually is homeschooled, obviously, and she helps out other families as their mother's helper. So there is a way that you could maybe hire someone for way less than you think that could come help entertain your toddler while you are getting work done. There are so many things that you can do that are creative. You can swap babysitting with a friend. You can do, you know, co-working playdates. I've done this with my friend before too, where we'll both go work. And then we just kind of like tag team taking care of the kids. So what pockets of time can you create that are more protected? That's what I would say.
1: Creative ideas. Yes, that's awesome. Okay, last rapid fire question. What's a book you wish you could give to everyone listening because it's that good? It's maybe something that's changed your business, changed your life in some way. Oh, so good. Okay, so I have two. Um, I am
0: a rule follower usually.
1: <laughs> I love the two. We need two ideas for all these and you've given great answers. I just that's couldn't perfect. choose.
0: <laughs> okay, so one that would be business related that I would give to everyone listening would be Atomic Habits. love that book. <laughs>
1: I love James Clear so much too. So I have talked about him it. on a recent episode that will air before this one that's Yeah, he's it's awesome. It's my it's
0: my favorite book. So
1: that would be my business recommendation.
0: Now, my personal related recommendation would be a book called Hands-Free Mama by Rachel Macy Stafford. So okay. that book is by far my favorite like personal related book. It has changed my motherhood so much. So I wish I could give that to all of your listeners.
1: Awesome. I'm going to look that up. I haven't heard of that book. Um, that so good. She awesome has that. so
0: many good books. I like literally cry in all of her books because she is just so amazing with words of like, why would you waste your time not like with your kids? Why would you waste your time not with these like, she calls them sunset moments, like the moments mm-hmm. that you wouldn't even have noticed had you been on your phone or had you been doing house chores or had you been doing your hair? She even talks about like, why do we do our hair? Like we're wasting 20 to 30 minutes every day that we could be spending with our kids. And it's just so good.
1: Yeah. Okay. That sounds awesome. I'm going to look that up. Thank you so much for coming on, Ashley. Yes. Thank you. It's been so fun. Oh my gosh, mamas. I
0: hope that you enjoyed that episode. I know that it was super long, longer than I normally um, like to put on the podcast, but I hope that you found so much value in it. We had such an incredible conversation. I love those rapid fire questions that she does at the end. They are always so much fun. But I wanted to share with you that if you are feeling overwhelmed, and just that constant perpetual state of, gosh, I just wish I knew how to manage my time well. I just wish that I had a plan. I wish that I had a framework or a system that I could follow. I would love to invite you to take a look at the Efficient Mom Photographer Program. This is a program that I have built and designed specifically for mom photographers who are feeling overwhelmed, who want more time management, strategies and tips and a framework that you can follow to actually get your time back so that you are in control of your schedule, that you are in control of your self-care, and that you are actually taking care of the things that you need to do in order to have that freedom-filled life that you're looking for. And in addition to time management, we also cover a ton about systems, the key systems that you need in your business to help your business run like a well-oiled machine, things like your marketing system, your nurturing system, your client workflow and client journey system, and so much more. There's so much that goes into this 12-week group coaching program, and I would love for you to be a part of it. So you can check out more details at thepurposegathering.com slash Coaching, And if you are not a part of our Facebook community yet, this is a free community called The Organized Mom Photographer. I would love to invite you to join that as well. So you can find that linked in the show notes. And one last thing, Elizabeth McCravey has an incredible template shop for Show It users that are specifically designed for photographers. So if you are in the market for a new website, I would definitely recommend checking out her templates. I have a discount code for you in the show notes, so be sure to check that out as well. I would love for you to connect with Elizabeth. You can find her on Instagram over at Elizabeth McCravey. This will also be linked in the show notes. And then be sure to check out her Breakthrough Brand podcast. She talks about all things online marketing, graphic design, and business strategy so that you can build a breakthrough brand for your business. I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode. I would love for you to share it with a friend, connect with me over on Facebook in our community. And as always, Mama, I am here rooting for you and you are not alone on this journey. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Purpose Gathering podcast. As we end our time together, remember that you were created for more. You can do hard things and life is about more than just surviving. So go out there and live your life with confidence and courage to become a part of our free online community and connect with like-minded mom photographers. Head on over to the slash mamas. I'm so proud of you for listening and investing in your future together. Let's link arms and make a lasting positive impact on our families and communities. You've got this girl, and I can't wait until next time.